1: Guardian, not one to two. A lot has to happen for this to take place. These are always fun. Okay. But in the case of the Notre Dame defense, ball's out this year. Now Golden gets an NFL defensive coordinator job. Michigan State doesn't do well again, and they opt to buy out Mel's.
2: I'm trying to find his second part of his question. Uh-oh. I assume it's Mel Tucker's contract. What I right. want Mel Tucker to be the D coordinator at Notre Dame? Right. No. <laughs> I mean, Mel Tucker was a D coordinator for like, what, one year? I, Mel Tucker's a guy that has done some nice things, but I, I've never understood sort of the the push that some have for him. Like, what has he really done, right, to be considered like a, a great coach? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Signed I'm trying a big to find contract. Yeah, see if we can find part part two. Yeah, would Mel Tucker be a top pick to replace DC? I would certainly bring Mel Tucker in to talk to him because of his time in the NFL and with the bears and at Georgia and places like that. But would he be a top pick? Probably not. Probably not for me anyway. So I still would love to get to know what Anthony Weaver does as a coach. I just have this dream of like a (laughs) former Notre Dame player coming back to be the D coordinator. And he's the only one that I know of right now. So
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Rob Osgood. If you were the offensive coordinator this year, what would be your first play versus Navy?
2: I am running it down their throat. I'm going to do some kind of run game. Where I am not, there's no RPO. There's no, it's, I want to still let people know. Yeah, we've got Sam Hartman. Yeah. We've got this, we've got that, but you still got to deal with 76 and 54 and 52 and 74 and whoever's at right guard and number seven. Like, I would, I would still let people know that. I would almost even want to say go 12 personnel just to kind of make people think we haven't really changed that much. Right. And then, but, but look, I just, I understand the desire you want to come out and throw the ball deep, but here's the thing. They may do something with their zero pressure looks that you end up checking out of it anyway. Right. Right. Because I don't want to go for minus two on the first play because they brought 10 guys. But that would be my thing is I would do something to allow them to say, we're, we're still going to punch you right in the face. We're still Notre Dame. Right. Then I would take a shot on second down. Right. Or, yeah. or the second play. Right. Like so, I'm taking an early shot, but I'm, yeah, I'm going right. to hammer it down your face.
1: So remember that run, we are. remember that running play that we saw that we were like, oh, yeah. okay. Remember that one? Yeah. If I get the right Against look, there's
2: zero pressure.
1: If I get the right look, I want that play because yeah. it sends a message.
2: That that play well, sends a message. And that play is either going to go for minus two or fifty. <laughs> right. the, the way that they the way that they blitz, if you can get a body on a body, yeah. that yeah. that's gone. First yes. play of the game, gone. Yep. Or it's going to be minus two.
1: And, Which is fine know, just, because then I'm gonna I'm gonna run I'm gonna run like a, an over route with Chris Tyree where he yeah. can outrun the defender and catch it in stride and he's still running. So yeah, yeah I got a couple plays in my back of my head that yeah. I would like to run. So because yeah. I'm pretty sure they don't have anybody that can match up with uh, Tobias either. I can't wait till we're doing the post
2: game show of the Navy game and you're like that's what we were talking about right. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't
1: want to be too specific and yeah. get in trouble, no, but man. I
2: don't want you to get in trouble. Again, I would love I would get... to see
1: that play, man. I would love to see that play because I would do it. Like that one right there. Yes, that's what we saw, and that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chase Talk Sports, have you heard any news on who the early leader is for the Ohio State quarterback? And does whoever starts change the game plan
2: defensively? Well, I don't think Ohio State started camp yet. What y'all have to remember is, yes, correct. Week zero teams are starting this week. Notre Dame does not, Notre Dame's week one game is against Tennessee State. So Notre Dame's game against Navy is week, is considered the week zero games. Right so basically teams that play on august 26th so it's notre dame navy jack state utep umass new mexico state San Diego state ohio hawaii vandy usc san jose state florida international louisiana tech those are the teams that are starting early Mm -hmm. like uh ohio state won't start fall camp till next week right bama georgia clemson they don't start fall camp till next week so the right now that what does that mean the early leader for is whoever ended the spring as, as qb1 which would be kyle mccord now I fully expect the quarterback battle to rage in Columbus in fall camp. Really? I Yes. I think Ch- Devin Brown will be given an opportunity to win that job, just like Kyle McCord. Somebody, they want somebody to win the job. I don't think that Devin, talking to some people that I know uh, that cover the team and some different aspects, I don't think Kyle McCord, like said, I'm the dude mm-hmm. like Sam Hartman did. He was the best of the two, especially since Devin Brown got hurt at the end of spring and couldn't play in the last week and in the spring game. But they're not gonna. I mean, that he didn't do enough in my view to say that's the guy. No question, he's our leader. We're going in there. Sorry, Devin, you're the backup this year. That's going to have to be something that Kyle McCord establishes in fall camp, or Devin Brown establishes in fall camp. Uh, does it change how they the game plan defensively? Not really. No. Ohio State's offense is what it is. It's 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 it is what it is. It's not going to change a whole lot. Whoever started a quarterback at Ohio State is going to be a talented kid with really talented weapons running the offense that they run. I mean, he's going to get the ball to yeah. some really talented wide receivers. Right. Like, that's, right. you know, right. right. You're going to want to pressure them, right? Sure. I mean, that's going to be the big thing. Put pressure Absolutely. on them. It doesn't matter who it is. You got to pressure them, force them into quick decisions, force them into mistakes. That's going to be the key. That's going to be the key. If Whoever the quarterback is, if you just sit back and let them drop back and throw the ball, you're going to be in trouble. That's going to be bad. Yep. Agreed.
1: Yep you got to dial something up. All right, Pete Weber, bold prediction. Which under-the-radar player do you think makes the biggest leap from start of fall camp to week one
2: or week zero or whatever they call it now? Which pl- under-the-radar player do you think makes the biggest leap from <laughs> start of fall us. camp to week Talk one? Everybody. Yeah, I'm trying to think of somebody that we haven't talked about a lot going can make the biggest leap. I mean, to me, it'd have to be probably a young guy. I would say, sure, somebody who we just we haven't seen a whole lot of yet. Usually, freshmen and sophomores are the guys that make kind of the biggest leaps. Like you're not going to see some fifth year senior have the light go on in week three of camp. Yeah, that's that's usually not how it is. I'll say this: I don't know. I'll say okay, if Andrew Gustafik is starting at guard, it's because he had a really good fall camp, and he won't be he won't make a leap. I'm going to change a little bit, Pete Weber. Sorry, man. He'll get a lot more <laughs> attention in the conversation if he's doing enough to to hold on to that starting right guard job. And then we'll be talking about Andrew Kusoff more. Because I, like I said, man, I think we talk about everybody else. Here's who I hope makes the biggest leap. How about this? Okay. okay. I'm going to tell you who I hope makes the biggest leap. Dion Colsey. Mm, okay. We're going to do that X Factor article probably in the next week or so so we get closer to the season. I don't know that there's a bigger X factor on the offense than Deion Colsey because there's such a wide variety of what he could be. He could sure. just basically be what he was last year, or he could be 2018 miles Boykin. I mean, and then anything in between. Right. And if if Deion, I, I'm, I'm going to say it again. If Deion Colsey has the light go on, we already know who Jaden Thomas is. We know what Tobias can do. Now, Tobias has still got a lot to prove, but we know sure. who he is. We we know how they want to use Chris Tyree. We know what the running backs can do. If the light goes on for Dion, and he starts getting to be like 90, 80 to 85% of his full potential, he's going to be a pretty good football player this year and a very important part of this rotation. If he gets to like 90, 95% of his full potential, he's a difference maker. He's an impact guy that could end up being your best receiver. He's got that kind of God given ability. So if he makes the biggest leap from where he is right now, Vince, if he's the guy that makes the biggest leap, then he will be um he will be really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. I, I got one for you.
1: I got here's an under the radar play. And this is super under the radar. So that's why this is a bold prediction, okay? How about Luke Talich at safety? He could. He can,
2: do you think he could make a move like into the possibly, potentially the two deep? Yeah, I mean, could he beat out the other two freshman safeties? Yeah, he could. I think he could. He could. I mean, I mean, uh, I, it'd be hard to beat out Ben Minnick because Ben Minnick's got a whole semester on him. True, and he's a pretty good player too. That is true. That surprised me a little bit. It yeah. would it defensively would be like a Tyson. A light goes on for a Tyson Ford a Josh Burnham, um, somebody like that. You see uh, Jaden Osbury, Drake Bowen, like one of the freshman linebackers just like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? You know what I mean? Like this guy's challenging to play. Right. I can see something like that on defense, Vince. I can see something like that. All right. Sounds good.
1: All right, here we go. Mike Townsend, if you were the Notre Dame offensive coordinator and had to come up with a legacy package of plays and formations from other great Notre Dame championship eras, what plays and or formations would you throw
2: your modern spin on? I would take – I would bring back the 1980s and 90s goal line backfield. Oh, the T? Yeah, like the
1: Yeah, the power – Yep. The power, yep, yeah, 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 yep, yep, yeah. yep.
2: I'd have Audrick as my fullback. Nope. Yep. I'd have Jadarian Price on one side and either Jabron Payne or Jeremiah Love on the other side with double tights. And uh, oh, oh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. That uh, would be something else. That would be yeah. like I get inside the five. I'm, I'm I would totally to that. have that
1: package if I was the offensive coordinator. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I mean I might have to slip a note to uh yeah current
2: offensive coordinator be like
1: hey just for me one time just can you do this for me that'd be great right (laughs) yeah that would i'm sure he'd be be receptive to that but that would be that would be the legacy thing that i would do do you want to know how excited i would be i'm sitting i can see it now i'm sitting next to you it's a home game november they get into the red zone they're on the goal line inside the five yard line they get into a huddle but all of a sudden we see a bunch of running backs go onto the field. Like
2: 32 personnel right. runs on the field. Right.
1: Yeah. And then and then they break the huddle and they get into that formation. I would be like, oh, oh I would start yeah. like shouting, like, oh, this is happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be pretty cool. That would make my well, year. It, it, part of it would be like who's in the game, right? Like I'd want to right. know who's in the game. But yeah, sure. that would be that would probably get me pretty fired up. <laughs> that would be exciting. That'd get me pretty fired up. Yeah. I'd be pretty excited about this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Matt Lee, Vincent Bryan, do you think the coaching staff could or should get freshman DB Micah Bell in on an offense for a couple of plays a game just because of his world-class speed? USC did it in 2015 with two defensive backs.
2: No. No. Because they have guys with big-time home run speed already on offense right. that are running back. I right. Mean, I want Micah Bell to learn that position. USC did that with Adoree Jackson in 2015. I don't believe Adoree Jackson was a freshman on that team. But, I mean, look. Here's the thing, Matt, I get where you're coming from. I do. Man, that's an elite talent right there, boy. And that is a legit home run speed. But it's not like that's something that – tell you what. It'd be one thing if, like, we were maybe thinking you had last year's running back room with no Chris Tyree, like if he was still a receiver but it was like Logan and Audrick and you didn't really have a whole lot else. Or in 2020, you know, if you didn't have a Chris Tyree and you had just Kyron or, you know, maybe – Maybe 2019 when they were really thin at running back. Remember that year, Vince, when you had Tony Jones and then it was like Kyron and yeah. you know, Jafar Armstrong got hurt in the first game of the year and you had like right. Jameer Smith and Sibo. You're like, yeah, okay. But man, like who are you taking off the field in that instance? Jabron Payne, Jadarian Price, Jeremiah Love, Devin right. Ford. Like there's just no need for that. You've got exactly. all everything you need at running back right now. So in a, you wouldn't really add a whole lot. I mean, he's faster. But is he really more explosive as a running right. back? Right. With what than those other guys are? I don't know that he is. Does it right? translate the way you would want it well, to? Well, I mean, he's, have a, big he's advantage. a pretty good running back. Right. Sure. But it's like, does he really bring more running back value than Jeremiah Love as a freshman sure. or, or Janarian Price or those other guys? I don't know that he does. That's my thing, Vince. Right. There are other years where this, Matt, this is, I'm all about this. I, I, I think. Uh, I, I kind of think we're in a situation where we're still understandably in a situation where we're still living in a, a world of we haven't quite adapted to the fact that Notre Dame is loaded at running back, partly because Matt and the others haven't seen what we've seen right in the That's spring true. and especially in fall camp there. And as excited as we are, Jadarian Price, Jabron Payne and Jeremiah Love have a combined two college carries so I get that. They got to go prove it. But just for me, running back just doesn't as matter as much to me. Right. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm where I'm at on that one. That's fair.
1: Ars Gordian, not if IB ever builds a studio. Vince should get a custom high school cubby to do podcasts in, complete with bells to keep in touch with his humble beginnings. What would your dream setup look like?
2: I've never really thought of it, to be honest oh, with you. It would be like just like a really cool studio thing where we'd have like a table and we'd have like TVs and stuff that we can utilize in the background to play highlights and stuff like that. That would that would be it. It would just be a little bit more technologically savvy. I, I wouldn't have the I would backwards. have a fat head of the Notre Dame Stadium. I would actually have like some sort of video of it. You yeah, know, kind right. it just be more studio looking. I don't necessarily have like a dream studio scenario. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get to that point time where we had a studio someday, but just we're so far away from that. Right. Yeah, now. Yeah, that's
1: that's nice. a lot. That would that that's a big investment, um, yeah. number one. And number two, you know, just having everybody in the same place at the same time is not always the easiest thing to do either. So, you yeah. know, where would the studio be? You know, are we <laughs> you know, there's a lot of logistical yeah. issues with that. But hey, man, someday, someday. Mike Townsend, love the show. Thank you. With a lot of exclamation points. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it very much. What are a few things Notre Dame does to build mental toughness in a
2: team? I mean, there's a lot of things. Your summer workouts being hard. Yeah, that's uh, a big one. Asking a lot of your players. Asking for discipline. You know, accountability builds mental toughness. You know, little things that players don't think are important. You walk into a locker room and, and they haven't put everything away in like a really nice, neat form. I'm going off. Uh, you know, that's just the thing where sure. you didn't care enough about this. And and so mental toughness is, is not just the notion that I'm fatigued beyond what I think is my breaking point and I push past. That's a big right. part of mental toughness. But mental toughness is also about I am focused and locked in on every little detail of what I need to be and nothing can get me off of that. Right. Now, sometimes fatigue can be that thing, right? But sometimes it's just you don't think this is important enough. Right. And so I'm going to let you know that I decide what's important in this, not you. And I'm going to push you to the point where you realize that what I view as mental tough. You got to view as mental tough. That's just the right. reality of it. So there's all types of things like that. The workouts are part of it. The expectations, the accountability are part of it. Asking a lot of them is part of it. But it just really comes down to it is at the end of the day, all the workouts and stuff, you, you, you've got to really be able to, to figure out ways in different ways to push them beyond what they perceive to be their breaking point. I've tried to nuance that correctly because I've said in the past to break them past to get them past their breaking point. And that's not what I mean because if you if you, there is no past your breaking point, it's your breaking point. You've broken. Right. It's getting them past what they perceive to be their breaking point. And and realize like no, no, you're not as tired as you think you are. You've got another gear and here's how we do it. But even when you are tired, so's that other guy you got to be mentally tougher than him where I know I'm tired, but I've got another one in me and I'm about to give it to you. And I can dig deep for that, that inner strength to say, Hey, I'm going to push through this Mm -hmm. is, is really where you, you want to be. And that's, but there's all a lot. I mean, Mike, we could do a whole show on that, but it's just putting them in uncomfortable situations mentally and, and physically, and then pushing them through those, but also being smart enough as a staff to know, what are the actual warning signs for an actual breaking point? Right. And then pull And sometimes it's for an individual player. And, and a lot of times it's for your team as a whole. You start getting a lot more heavy legs. That's where the GPS stuff is great. And our our average team speed has dropped. You know, our, our running receivers are like, they ran this many routes and their speed this past two days was like here. They're worn out. We need to have a walkthrough day. We need to have a, you know, meet, you know a meeting great day information to yeah. have. Oh, I mean, man. you
1: can, you can kind of, you can read you can guys to a degree, yeah but man to have that empirical evidence at your fingertips would be i can't even imagine what that would have been like you know and obviously that's not really at the high school level yet at least not at the most high schools but that would have been great information to have man to make those kinds of decisions rob Titoff, off marty and doc let me borrow the delorean to go back to 2015 I was able to prevent all the Notre Dame football injuries, but not the incompetence of Brian Van Gorder. Could we still win a title?
2: Yeah, they could have. It would have been tough, but they could have. Because if you'd have had Malik and Torian Folston and Durham Smythe and Sean Crawford and Jerron Jones, yeah, that team is really hard to beat, even with that guy. Honestly, because to me, what I would say is preventing all the injuries to me would also include going using that time machine, go back to Navy 2014 and protecting Joe Schmidt against Navy or going back to 2012 and 2013 and protecting Jarrett Grace, which is actually my preferred choice. So if you got a time machine, go back to when Jarrett Grace had his knee blown out and prevent that one. Do you remember how good he was in twenty oh thirteen? Like he was like this kid's going to be a really and real the injury real. that he had and what he had to do to come back yeah. from that. Oh yeah, like I can't tell how many times I heard Brian Kelly's word "foot fire" or whatever it was. Like you know what I mean? Like, but if if you could have had a healthy Jarrett Grace and Mike with Jalen Smith in twenty fifteen, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to do injuries, do that one as well. Get the injuries in twenty fifteen that we talked about: Malik, Torian, Durham, Smythe. Jeron Jones and Sean Crawford, but also go back a little further and make sure Jarek Grace is healthy, and put him next to Manti, or not Manti, but put him next to, to, to uh, Jalen Smith, and I'm uh, I'm having some fun with that football team. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun.
1: Coleman Smith jumping into recruiting. Who would be your ideal 2025
2: offensive line class? Oh, I mean, a lot of guys are Owen Strebig. Rowan Byrne, Josh Petty, Maddie Augustine, and David Sanders would would be my five. I mean, that's that's ideal dream class. That'd be my five. If you take David Sanders off of that, and I saw it, Owen Stree, big Josh Petty, Rowan Byrne, and and um, and Maddie Augustine, I'm still pretty happy with that. I'm still real happy with that. Absolutely, it's a really good class in my opinion.
1: Joe Medina, great to hear about the athleticism, but it doesn't mean much if Coach Golden doesn't use the weapons at his disposal.
2: See, I think he did use the weapons as a disposal last year. I just don't think they used them like th- th- they just didn't always get it. I mean, he blitzed his linebackers a lot. I mean, yeah, he let Isaiah Foskey rush the passer. He yeah. put his cornerbacks in man-covered situations all the time. I, you know, I I think, if anything, sometimes he went to the well a little bit too much with certain weapons. Like, hey, you didn't really need to blitz that guy there. You know, you didn't need that safety fire there. So I it's really just about it doesn't mean much if Al Golden can't figure out a way to make sure his players are executing their assignments with a greater deal of confidence and speed. Sure. That's what it would be to me. Not not using, I think he uses the weapons. I think it's about getting the weapons to understand how they're being used more effectively and then to be able to play faster and smarter and have better timing and all that kind of stuff. If you just if you just had this, if, if last year, all I could do Vince was increase the assignment correctness by 10%, that's it five to 10% and, and increase their understanding of put a year three understanding of that defense into last year's players. And that's it. That's the only changes that I make that defense is much better sure, because the scheme, the, I don't necessarily love his scheme, but the scheme's not the problem. This is what I keep saying he's not Brian Van Gorder, not even close. It's a very smart coach who I thought was a little too smart last year. Like you put a little too much on him, you know, uh, that would be the thing. And so I I don't think that part would be a problem, Joe. I think it's more about, can you get them to play to their fastest potential? Sure. That's is, not about using the weapons. It's yeah. about getting the, it's making sure they understand the ins and outs of the defense and you understand the mental breaking point that they have. Like we talked about the physical and the mental breaking point where you put anything more on them and it's going to have a negative returns. Right, you know what? What is it? Um, where you start having a negative return on your investment, right? That's basically what, what we're ROI, about baby, there. negative yep. ROI. Yep. Well, and that's
1: and that's what we're so excited about this year for year two of the defense, right? Because you know, can they bridge that gap a little bit more in year two? I mean, that's it's the whole that's the whole thing that we're hoping for, right? And, and that at the same time, the guys that have been in the system. Are you older, you're better, you're stronger, you're faster, you know, all of those different things, of course. But then this is year two of the entire defense, year two of having Al Golden be the guy that's in charge and understanding, okay, why he's calling the things that he's calling, why he's doing the things that he's doing. You know, when the guys have a more of an understanding of why they're doing certain things, then they can produce that much more. And so yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be good. I mean, I I I have High expectations for year two in this defense. And I also think that Al Golden learned his lessons to it, learned his lesson to a degree. We're hoping. I'm hoping. We're hoping. Yes. That that he, not saying he needs to simplify everything and just make it, you know, dumb it all down, but apply it to the guys that he's got on the field a little bit better as well. So a combination of all of those things, I do think the defense is going to take a step in the right direction.
2: Yeah. Hey Vince Raymond Harton, you need to email Raymond. You need to DM Vince at uh, at Coach D'Addario, <laughs> and then Vince will tell you uh, the color shade so you can give that to your wife. That's right. So it's Coach DeDario on yep. uh, Twitter, bring there it you on. Go. Okay, David
1: Lowe, what would hurt worse for Irish fans: Buckner winning a national championship as a starter for Bama, or Kelly winning a national championship? That's that's ridiculous because that's so easy,
2: right? I mean, well. For me, it'd be Kelly. I don't, I wouldn't, I would have no problem with Tyler Buckner winning a team. Me neither. I love I, Tyler Buckner. Yep. Yeah.
1: As long like cause, and I, and this is the caveat for me. As long as he's not winning in the national championship, using Notre Dame as like a road, a stumbling block to get there, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't want yeah. Alabama to beat Notre Dame in the national championship and have it be Buckner that does it. Like, that would be terrible. But if Alabama's going to win the national championship right. and Notre Dame's not involved, I'm, totally fine with it i, I would have yeah. no problem with that whatsoever in fact i would
2: probably be rooting for alabama in that sense depending on who they're playing but yeah probably yeah probably i don't have the ill will that of uh, towards tyler buckner tommy reese that some fans i don't have. either i, don't I really know. don't i'm I, viewed as two notre dame guys When you know especially one tommy reese graduated from notre dame tommy reese correct. gave notre dame everything he had you can like them you can whatever i mean i, I get all that i mean uh, part of the reason i understand like for tommy reese like He's a love him or hate him kind of guy, and I'm kind of sympathetic to that because I feel like I'm that way. <laughs> there aren't a lot of indifferent people about me, <laughs> you know. It's fair, there just aren't. It's, it's okay, I, it's I, fair, I, yeah. I like who I am, I'm it's comfortable cool. in my own skin, right? So, I, I kind of Tommy's a little bit of a kindred spirit for me in that regard. Now, we have very different personalities in a lot of ways, but it's like, sure, you know. But he played it, he gave everything you had, he had to Notre Dame. As a player and a coach, I mean, you can, you can say that you don't like the results and that's fair. I mean, I think the thing for Tommy Reese is that would, I say would, would probably bother him the most is not that people were critical of him. It's the, it's the disdain that some people express towards him. Like, not that you did a bad job, but I hate you kind of thing. Right. right? And exactly the nastiness. And that's, that's the unfortunate part. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I've tried to tell people that have complained about this. That's not the majority of fans though. That's Twitter. Right. Right. Like that's true you know it's a different that's that's that brings out the worst in some people right most Notre Dame fans don't feel that way about him uh, so yeah I'm just that's kind of yeah Aunt VR
1: will I be will I be be doing any watch alongs this year I think you guys did one for USC game last year right although it was a tough loss I had fun
2: watching along with you guys maybe we might do one for Navy this year I'm not sure because we're not going to be at that game. I mean, we may do that one, I and we'll think probably do one for Stanford. Because I won't be at that game either. I won't right. be going to Stanford. I'm not so, going to Stanford. So we'll do at least one. Yeah, we'll do. I didn't at least think about Navy because that'll two. be one. That that's potentially one that nobody's going to be at. So that would be hmm. Vince. You're not going to like this, but my ultimate goal is to uh, eventually, when the staff is the way that I have it, that you're actually not at games. That you're doing a lot of live wow. shows. Wow. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of live shows, like those live shows. Like, so we're at the game covering it and then you're doing a lot. People live are going to want to watch me every game. I don't know. It's if not just gonna you. Watch. You're going to be <laughs> with another part of the team. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to just be you. And like, I would do up. like halftime check-ins and stuff like that. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that'd be fun. Like jump in at halftime, do a quick analysis of what we see, you know, something like that. But, um, And I'll explain why that's something I'm considering. And it's not just about you. It's just about some other things that are. Going everybody on, he notices but, that yeah. he does this to me when we're live, so that I can't complain about it. <laughs> no, you. I'm joking. Complain I'm about it later. Uh, I have to do it right this right this second. Uh, <laughs> timing, buddy. Timing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. From Brandon, how does Notre Dame navigate the recruitment of Bear and other quarterbacks when Deuce is clearly the number one priority? but wants to stretch his recruitment out past the Notre Dame-USC game. Don't want another Dante situation.
2: I mean, you say you don't want another Dante situation, but that's the kind of sometimes the risk you have to run to get the kind of difference maker quarterback you want. Right. It's just, look, look the way this quarterback class is, I like Bear Bachmeyer a lot, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. And if you think the difference between Dante and Bear is that great, then you see it through. You know, like, I don't know if I want to wait for Trevor Lawrence because, you know, he's he's I'm not saying he's Trevor Lawrence, but you get the point, right? Like, if you think a guy is a is a big time quarterback then you see it through, you, yeah. you see, don't rush, see it through. And then if you don't get him and your offense is as good as you, then flip somebody. I mean, right. It's like Notre Dame can't flip guys. Other t- schools do it all the time. So I, I, I get under, I understand where people are coming from, but. The Dante thing ended up okay. You got Kenny Minchie. right? They got That's him in November. True. It ended up pretty good. You got a really good quarterback, a guy graded as a top hundred guy. So why can't you do it again? Well, and
1: and here's the other thing. And correct me if I'm wrong on the timing of everything, but Dante took his decision almost up to his senior year of high school, right? Well, he he committed he
2: committed over he ended up committing to Oregon over the summer, like once during before his out, senior year. Before senior year, correct. Right, Deuce, so Deuce is still going next into his junior year. Correct. I get what you're saying now, Vince. Yeah. It's to it, Deuce what till next summer. Right. Deuce can make till next summer. To your point, that means if if Deuce waits until November and you miss on him, you've got all off season right to find your next guy. Where Dante gets a great point, Vince. That would be like. What eight nine months sooner than Dante makes his decision exactly, which gives you plenty of time to flip someone if you want to flip someone because it was it's like this time point. it was this time it's going into in, it was like I July. keep thinking I keep thinking Deuce is like I'm yeah. thinking of it in like the year 24 like like yeah. yes yes that's right. an even better point because he's a yeah. year younger correct that's a great point Vince so as long as great he makes his,
1: as long as he makes his decision in October November or whatever. Right. You're still in great shape,
2: right. whether he commits or otherwise. How you navigate the recruitment is, is I don't know that Bear is in any hurry to recruit commit either. And okay. how you navigate the recruitment is, if, if Bear wants to commit this summer and you believe there's a gap, then you say, best of luck to you, young man. Sure. And you stay the course. Right. But what you do is if these guys are uncommitted, you still continue to recruit them and build the relationship with them. They're going to know where you stand. Sure. But the, it's going to be true that some of their other schools are there. And if a kid really wants to be there, then he's going to not really care how it happened. He's going to say, I, this is just where I want to be. Sure. Exactly. So, yeah. The, I'm sorry. I just love this name, by the way. This is great. You, some Alt-Delete. of y'all are so creative. Some of you guys <laughs> is, are so wonderfully creative. It is that, awesome. That is good. Joe, i delete. That's great. What
1: is the thing you find most impressive from Chancey Stuckey's job of turning around the wide receiver room from what he inherited? And what does he have to do to get our wide receivers to be considered in the
2: top five? Well, I'm going to work backwards. Keep doing what you're doing, right? Keep recruiting like you're recruiting. That's the and start then right show me, show me that, you're, that you can develop even better. The most impressive thing that he's done has been the recruiting piece. I was actually more worried about that than the coaching piece. This guy played in the NFL for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Chancy Stuckey was around Dabo, who was a receivers coach. Remember, Dabo Swinney was a receivers coach for a long time. He knows receiver play. It's a lot easier to me to get up to speed as a coach when you have a playing background than it is as a recruiter. So that's been a bit of a surprise for me. Now, I want to see him do an even better job developing the players this year than he did last year, as he knows the players better and all that. But the the impressive thing is just the stocking the depth chart with talent yes exactly i mean that's the most impressive thing and and how do you to be a top five is just keep doing that Mm -hmm. so you had a great receiver class in 23 you've got a excellent receiver class in 24 go out next year get taylon taylor get Derek meadows who's one of the freakiest 25 receivers go out and get a a dalen mccutche or a mccutcheon or a cooper perry or like some of those elite receivers that are on the board for nerdy go get those guys and just keep doing that year after year after year Yep. That's how you become a top five group. Uh, the reason that Brian Hartline became a considered a top coach is let's not pretend like Ohio State wasn't producing good receivers before he got there. right but it was it was you're developing these kids at a high level as a coach, but you're also recruiting high level players because Garrett Wilson was a five star. He turned him into a first round pick. Chris Olave was a three star. He turned him into a first round pick. Jackson Smith and jigba Marvin Harrison five stars. Right, but it was began with turning some guys that weren't five stars into that, and that what is what led to getting Garrett Wilson, and then even further developing Alave, which then helps you continue to go down that process, recruit really talented players, whatever their ranking is, and then develop the heck out of them. That that's how you that's how you get there. It's exactly Mm -hmm. how you get there.
1: James O'Reilly, who's your favorite player from college, any school that just didn't pan out in the NFL? For me, it's Marcus Lattimore. Would have loved for him to stay healthy. He was different.
2: Yeah. Favorite player from college. the Rockets for me. I mean, it's not that Rocket didn't pan out. He had a 1,000-yard receiving season in the NFL. I mean, he might actually had two. Let me just check that out real quick. But I know he had at least one with the Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, he had two actually. One with Carolina, one with the Cowboys. But Rocket was never in the NFL what he was in college. Like sure. as far as dynamic. I mean, so if he if he wouldn't have gone done the CFL thing, I think he could have been a really
1: well really special player. I'm gonna go with another Cowboys player and it's Jalen Smith. That's a good one. I mean, I yes, you know what? To to his credit, he was obviously able to come back and be a productive NFL linebacker, ended up getting a second contract, which I'm sure people would have said would have been crazy, but he did. But he was never the guy that he could have been. Yeah, I mean, if without the injury, I mean, he just never was. He just never did yep. have that explosiveness, you know, et cetera. By far, he was my favorite player when he was here, and I would—I was so excited to see him go top five in the NFL draft. You know, before that injury, yep. just another a reason to hate Ohio State.
2: Michael Floyd's another one for me. Mm. Yeah, because his were not injury related; they Some were off the field were issues. Were yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he seemed like a good kid, just agreed. that decision maker. Correct.
1: If Brady Quinn could fall into that category. Yeah, I mean, as far as like,
2: yeah, he's he's one productive in yeah. college,
1: not in the NFL, not off the field. Bad yeah, decision. I didn't think he was going to be
2: a star in the NFL, but I thought he'd be a starter in the NFL. Yes. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't for very long, and just wasn't good. There's a question there. Now oh, I'm sorry. I was like waiting, waiting for you that. to pull up another one. My bad. I did. I'd <laughs> pulled him up, and you kept talking. You pulled okay. a Brian. Yeah, you know, learn from the best. All right, Pete Weber, how did you guys come
1: up building and designing the brand? I B, the name, the logo, the phrases, the mission statement, etc. Oh, he's digging deep here.
2: How did you guys come up with the building and designing of the brand? Well, my wife did a lot of that. So right. my wife actually came up with the name Irish Breakdown. Because we were trying to think of, so we had Irish Maven was the name of the site we started because that was what was decided with SI. And we were going to, that's when we started to build our own independent brand. And we were thinking like, what are we going to come up with? You know, what do we want to do? And my wife's like, well, you break down a lot of film and stuff, right? And you really break things down different than everybody else. So, yeah, she goes, Irish Breakdown. This is like, yep. I mean, it was just like a no brainer. As soon as you heard it, you're like, yep, that's it. There was no more discussion. That was it. (laughs) And then my wife's a graphic designer and that's what her company does and all that kind of stuff. And so she created the logo as well. The early look, I didn't like the first logo. It was like an IB and then like the little shamrock to the side. Remember that picture you sent me? I I was just going to say, I couldn't even remember. I didn't even remember that logo. Yeah. But then she did this and, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I had some input on like what I like, the kind of lettering I like. Like I like the college lettering on the gap closers. That's just kind of what I like. And yeah it's got to fit my personality a little bit, you know, but my wife did a lot of that. So like she redesigned the shamrock and made it kind of a unique shamrock. So it's not like the Notre Dame shamrock. It's a different one, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of that was just us talking through stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, who are we? What do we want to be? The mission statement is, 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 we don't really have an official mission statement per se, but it's just about who we are. It's who I am. This company is going to represent who I am. If you're going to be here, you're going to work hard. You're going to be passionate about what you do. You're going to be honest. You know, uh, being a person of character is more important than being a being productive. You know, and we're all sinful. We all make mistakes. We all have bad days. We all treat people in ways we wish. Boy, I wish I wouldn't have talked to that person that way or I wish I could change that or whatever. But, you know, having a caring spirit about your other people around you and and those are things that I care about. But it's just that's it's more of a standard than a mission statement. Like we don't have an official mission, mission statement. but A lot of the other stuff like. Gap closures was just like, we kept talking about it. And it, right. it just, it kind of came, you know, let yeah. it play out. We just kept talking about it. like, guys, let it play out. And it just kind of came. So it, so those are all natural, organic things. Like we didn't sit around like, what are some cool phrases we can come up yeah. with, right? I like that stuff to be organic. It's, like IB know? Nation, be yeah. kinda, that was organic. You guys started that. Yeah. You guys started calling yourselves that. And yeah. that's where the idea came from. And I think yeah. like T-Guns and those guys just started calling themselves like, hey, IB Nation. And it's like, hey, that, that fits. Yep. So. That's on a shirt. It came from that sense of community that we had in in a lot of these different instances, Vince. And it's one of the things I love about what we're doing, to be honest with you. Me too. Zach Martin, what was your personal,
1: your best personal sports moment? I know Vince's was a hard block during a triple
2: option. What was your best personal sports moment? I kind of explained that one earlier was as far as for me personally, we talked about those. As a I, I, so, I want to do one as a fan. My my biggest personal sports moment as a fan was when the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 1997. Because you got to remember, when I was a little kid, like I watched Larry Bird win two titles. I didn't really remember his first one. I remembered the one where they beat the Lakers in '84, and then the this, this, the Rockets in '86. Like as it, a young child, I saw Larry Bird win. The Reds won a World Series when I was 12. I had to watch John Elway get destroyed in three Super Bowls and get all the stuff about him and. So I was a freshman in college Mm -hmm. at Methodist when John Elway won that Super Bowl. And that was, for me, just as a sports fan, like Notre Dame won a title in 88. I was 10. Right. I experienced a lot of I was a Michigan basketball fan as a kid. They won a title when I was 10. You know, I mean, so it getting that John Elway when I was a freshman in college, getting that Super Bowl ring was probably the 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 best personal sports moment for me. Uh, you rivalled only by winning it a year later against Dan Reeves mm. to end his career. Like, that's mm-hmm. number two. It's one A, one B. But th- those are, as a fan, those are the ones for me. For as a fan, for me, it, it, it's a
1: no-brainer and because Cubs, it's the Cubs winning the yeah. World Series in 2016. I knew it. I knew no, it. Yeah. Like I literally have a. Video, so here's like, the
2: thing, Vince. This is what God did to you. You can't have the Cubs win a World Series and watch a good Notre Dame team. <laughs> you can't have both. So you had to sacrifice that Notre Dame season to get yourself right. a, a, a World Series with the Cubs, and was it worth it? Man, uh, yes, that year it was hundred percent worth
1: it. Yes, it was. I will, not, and I got to share it with my kid, my my son, which I was unbelievable. I got to share it with my father in law. We went to Game One of the World Series in Cleveland, and then I watched him win it with my son on the couch. You know, watching TV down here in the basement, and uh, never forget it. For the, I mean, that was by far the best ever for me as a fan. Yeah. Now it could be trumped if Notre Dame ever, you know, come on. yes Now because here.
2: Notre Dame has had to, you've had to wait so long <laughs> yes. for that title because you were yes. young when they won in 87 You were, yeah. I, I was seven. Yeah. 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 Uh, Vince, uh, re- I would like to hear from all of you what your guys's were. Yeah. I, that'd be something I'd love to hear. And then Jason Smith is correct uh bd's wife is who we owe a lot of the adulation 100 correct on that i mean you know everything that angela's done to be a part of what we do i've never shied away from giving my wife credit she built the message board we use she designed the logo she's the one that came up with irish breakdown and that's i mean that's kind of one of the many reasons i love her she's my partner right i mean she's she's invested even though she has her own company and her own business she's invested in the success of this place yep and now she's um, the official photographer Exactly right. All the photos that are from our yeah. breakdown, she's there shooting those games. I mean, right. so I am very blessed to have her as my wife. There's no, and my partner. I mean, not even just my wife and all that, but just, I, I you yeah. know, I've, I've always subscribed because I saw it growing up with my mom and dad. Behind every great man is a is a you know great woman. I've I really believe a wife can be the greatest asset to success for a husband. You know, is 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 if your wife has your back and she encourages you and supports you, supports you and all those kind of things. Man, there's, it's hard to it's hard to lose at that point right. in time. I I, I would have them. I, I wouldn't be where I am right now if if not for the encouragement. I mean, as a child, growing up, my parents. But as far as this particular business, if I wasn't married to Angela, I don't know. I'd probably would have signed with some company, like a because I wouldn't have. I wouldn't know. Kind of wouldn't have access to all the things we did. You know, being her willing, being willing to take the big risk of the guaranteed salary with benefits yeah. and all that that I had at the previous place to make the decision to go out on our own and risky. And, and during COVID it's like, Hey, stay it, see it through, see it through. We'll be okay. See it through. Uh, you know, huge blessing, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, Vince, you, you know, uh, even more than what we've shared about the things that, that uh, how Angela's helped us a lot, it's just talking through tough times, oh, yeah. ideas, Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Been a huge asset, huge asset. Good morning,
1: Irish, with the super chat. Thank you very much. To follow up on Pete Weber's question uh, about Colsey as a head coach, offensive coordinator, or a position coach, how would you try to get the most out of him?
2: I mean, this is honestly at this point in time, it's just sitting down with Dion and saying, hey, look, it's as yeah. simple as this. You got a chance to be special. Yep. But you got to want it. And, and, and I'm going to push you and encourage you and coach you. But it, this is about you've got to decide today, I want to be great today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, you got to decide that day that I want to be great today. And right. then all that day, you you the work that I, this is the work I'm telling you you need to do to be great. This is the mindset you got to have at some point in time. Coaches can only take a player so far. Mm-hmm. Dion's got to decide I want to be a great player. That matters to me, or not. I, you know what? I'm just I'm good with the role I have now. That's okay. And you understand that, and you don't punish him for it. You just you, then you use him in that role. But if you want to get them to be great, it's just about finding the – but you got to find the right buttons to push. What motivates Dion may not be what motivates Tobias or Jaden or Chris. And the great coaches can find the different ways to motivate players differently. And that's going to be the challenge for Chancey Stuckey and Jared Parker is figure out what the buttons are for Dion that you can push on a daily basis. But at some point in time, Dion's just got to say, I want this or not. Mm -hmm. And then go do – it, you know, it's like this—the great speech from Herb Brooks in the uh, in Miracle. It's like, you know, this is yours. Take it. it, it they're not going to give it to you. You got to take it. You got to you got to want it and and take it. And um, that's a
1: that's what a great coach's superpower is—is is being able to figure out what 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 buttons you can push for each individual kid to get them to the to meet their ceiling. That is not an easy thing to do. And the great coaches can do it. I'm telling you, that's what separates the great coaches from the good coaches. It's not drills they run and, and things like that. It's how can you get the most out of your players, man? That is it. That's a superpower. I'm telling you. That is not an easy you know, thing to do.
2: It is. And that's one of the things that players – you don't hear former Nervan players talk about, oh, man, Lou Holtz was so smart and scheme. And he was, but that's not what they talk about. It was the ways that he motivated yes, them. 100%. And sometimes in ways at the time, they felt like this isn't cool. But then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I get it now right like Jerome Bettis tells that great story of like you know how he calls Jerome Bettis out in front of the whole team and then he like drives by him in a golf cart and he's like you know says something to him and Jerome's like oh I got what he was doing then mm-hmm. you know and and uh, yeah
1: that's what made him great yep exactly Mark e. Stewart thank you so much for the super chat what's the biggest challenge or obstacle to a true freshman starting right away
2: there, there's two one internal one external the internal one is how quickly can you pick up the scheme enough to go be able to play confidently and play fast. That's the internal one. The external one is the depth chart in front of you. I don't care how good you are as a freshman quarterback. If you are backing up Caleb Williams, the only thing keeping you off the field is his health. Because you're not beating him out. It's just, right. there's no quarterback good enough as a freshman. If Trevor Lawrence went to USC in 2023 as a true freshman, he is not starting at USC over junior Caleb Evans. Who is a, a reigning Heisman Trophy winner. He might start over, he, he would start over freshman Caleb Williams if they right. were both freshmen. Right. But freshman Trevor Lawrence is not starting over junior Caleb Williams, right? Correct. So that's the external parts you can't control. If you're, the, if you're the next great left tackle at Notre Dame, I don't care how good you are as a freshman. You're not starting over Joe Alt, right? It's not. But you know, freshman it's just, Joe
1: Alt's not starting over. No, yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yes. Reigning All American, yes. you know, Joe Alt yeah. as a junior. freshman.
2: Aaron Taylor's not starting over right. junior Joe Alt. Exactly. Correct. Freshman Quentin Nelson's not starting over. Right. Freshman uh, junior Joe Alt. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's a good question, Mark. It's it. it and is. sometimes it's it's for certain positions, it can be a little different. Like so for Joe right. Otting, it's it's he needs 25 more pounds and a year of strength and, you know, skill players, it's more the internal, it's the, it's the six scheme thing. Right. Sometimes for linemen, it can be, you're just not big and strong enough yet to play at this level. And so it, it can vary from player to player, but generally speaking, those are the, the two big ones that kind of apply to everybody. Raymond Harton. Thank you so much for the super
1: sticker. And Oh, there we go. Here's a question. Sorry if it's been asked. But who would you guys compare Owen Striebig to? Uh, He is one of my
2: favorite 25 linemen. I mean, I'd probably compare him to pick an offensive tackle that Wisconsin had over the years. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that that would be one that I would kind of look at. What was the one guy they had? And he's actually probably bigger than that. that Ryan Ramzak or whatever his name is. Remember that big old joker they had back in the day? wisconsin did he'd be a similarity he'd be one that i'd maybe compare him to but he's a, i mean but he's two inches taller than, than that guy was he's already like six eight already Jeez, he's just a massive massive human as a kid. as going into his junior year he's six
1: eight correct oh my yeah. gosh that's yeah. the only concern
2: i have is obviously you know some real tall guys can develop bad knees but then also sure. Sure. Just the depth, Vince. Let's try to work through some of these as quick as you can because you've got a rapid fire coming up in six minutes. Or, That's right. You know, Jesse's with Jesse's in the so wings. Let's, let's rock and roll through these. So, Johnny, yes, real quick says, how soon can we promote Max Bulla from GA to LB coach? <laughs> you'd have to move two coach, lose two coaches to do that, right? Yeah. So, you'd have to have uh, Golden and somebody else would leave that you, and you then replace the assistant coach with Max Bulla, and then you replace Al Golden with a coordinator. Basically, right. it, was, it would have to, it would have you know, and then the coordinator can maybe coach in their position or something like that, but and it would require two coaches. Let's, let's give Max Bull
1: a one year of coaching Correct. too. I mean, I'm not Correct. ready to start promoting like people. what I see so
2: far, but yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, exactly. Pump the brakes. David Lowe. Do y'all like
2: bear or deuce as the better prospect. I like Bear as a quarterback, but he's not in the same league as Deuce is right now. He's just not. He could end up being there down the road, but he's not a better player than Deuce Knight is right now. It just he's not. And I think Deuce has, Deuce might have the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the class. Mm. I mean, he, he's he's that talented. You wow. got him, Bryce Underwood, and and to me, him, Bryce Underwood, Antoine Hill, and George McIntyre, or uh, yeah, McIntyre are probably the foremost. If they all reach their full potential, I don't know if there's anybody better than those four guys. Wow just combination of talent size all that kind of stuff though i i think you could even say underwood yeah those are those are the four to me that would probably have of the guys i've seen have the most talent the most god-given ability
1: jason smith does tyree have one more year after this season
2: he does so chris tyree played as a true freshman but it was during the 2020 season which is the COVID so technically year. it counts as a red shirt even though he played the whole year because he has the COVID year yep so he does
1: cool Josh Buffalo, the motivational business banker. What quarterback class was, is more stacked than 23 or 25, in your opinion? The best in each class. Thank you guys for all you do, and I will try to never
2: miss the shows or at least watch later. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate that, Josh, very, very much. Uh, Right now, 23, because we've seen so much more of them. I mean, they're they're older, they're better. Uh, 25 is better than 23 at the same stage but they can't all just stay there. They all got to get better if they're going to be as good as 23 was. Sure. But 25 to me is, if you look at them as sophomores, is better. Best in 25, it's, it's Bryce Underwood. And best in 23 was Dante Moore. The highest ceiling in 23 was Nico. The kid going to Tennessee. He's got the highest ceiling, but Dante was the best, best quarterback in that class with all due respect to arch and all those other kids it, it, Dante was in a little bit of a different level in my.
1: Opinion. I'm, I'm very interested to see what he does at UCLA. I agree see, to see how that goes. Agree. From Adam Shipley, do you think a 12 team playoff makes it easier to win a national championship? No, makes it, it makes it harder. Harder. You get more wins. games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, well, because
2: you can sneak into a playoff and get a really nice seating, and sure. and you didn't get tested in the regular season and all that. Like if Georgia made a 12-team playoff this year, and let's just say their schedule's junk and Michigan's schedule's junk, you could get two teams that aren't really as good as you think they are that make the playoff, and there's a chance they could play each other and one of them's going to win it, even though they're not a great team. Now, even if you're getting a bye, you've got to win now three games to win the championship. Right. And now that team, like a like a 2016 USC that can't make the playoff because they have three losses, but was as hot as anybody in college football that year to end right. the season, you now got to beat that team. Right, exactly. Whereas now you don't you don't have to play that team. That dangerous twenty eighteen Ohio State team that just had that one bad night at Purdue. That one bad night, they would have been maybe been able to make some noise in the playoffs sure. that year. I mean, there's been sure. teams like that. You know, Georgia had a really good two loss team in nineteen that was pretty good that might have been able to do some damage in the playoff had they got in there. So you that 2017 Notre Dame team if they could have righted the ship in between the end of the season and the, in the postseason that team would have been dangerous in the postseason if they still yeah, had something it, to play for specifically yeah, might that's been the a great case. point maybe you they know? play Stanford a little different if right. they, it's a 12 team play that's a great point vince yeah. so yeah it's harder because that hot team that maybe dropped a yeah. couple early gets in now and you got to beat them now. right <clears throat> and so yeah. it makes it a little bit a little bit tougher in my opinion.
1: Irish Mills 540 Brian I know traveling comes into play for you but thoughts on a Friday night day before game show with Tio, with Toy with, with Vince Ryan Sean and Sean
2: I mean, we might do some stuff like that, like a Friday night thing before the first game or something. I have to think about that, Irish Mills. Yeah. But it's, honestly, I'm leaning towards it not because we do shows every day. I have so much work. Friday night's one of the few nights I have to just kind of relax. Well, maybe yeah. go see a high school football game. Vince can't do it because you've got to always be at the high school football games as part of yep. your job. Uh, you know, I just, it's one of the few times I, I like. That's why I didn't do the kickoff show last year. It's because right. I just that's my right. morning to get up and have breakfast with my wife, which I can't right. really do all week. And there you. you know, and so I'm trying to balance some of those those things as well. So, and Friday, I'm already yeah, Friday night's bad enough. for me because
1: yeah. I want to go watch my right. kid play and uh, do his thing on Friday. I'll say
2: nights. this: eventually, my goal is to have a staff that does a lot of the the writing work. <clears throat> Right. And I start doing more of this stuff, which would then allow me to do more shows on this channel, CFP Nation, and all that stuff. That's the ultimate goal we're working towards. And then yep. there might be a Friday night show. But honestly, if I was going to do something Friday night, I'd rather just do a get-together with all the IB people that are yeah. in town for a game. I'd rather yeah. do something like that than to do call. another show. It'd cost me money as opposed to making me money. But you know what? It'd be <laughs> a lot more fun. Right. You know? I'm stealing
1: you for, the first, for
2: one of those Fridays, I though. know. I know. It's all you. good. I'm coming. I got you. I'm going <laughs> to keep reminding you. All At right. Least, Ray well, you can remind me all you want. If you don't remind me the day before the game, I'm not, not right? going to. I
1: get it. I get it. <laughs> Ray, whole crap. Not much, if any, does Notre Dame prepare for Ohio State during the first month of practice? In prep for Navy, do they also put in some game planning for Ohio State? That's game. Four. I doubt it. It's yeah. game five. five. Game Notre five. Dame. Yeah. yeah I no. highly doubt
2: it. No. I highly doubt it. It, I think the the only, I'd say the only team that you're going to be doing extra work for right now beyond Navy is probably NC state. That'd be the only one that I would think
1: of. Right. And, and it won't, it'll be more like the first week is going to be getting acclimated fundamentals and stuff like that. Then they're going to be doing some big picture type stuff, you know, and, and that could, you could kind of shape that to be like an NC state or more of the, you know, the bigger time opponents. That's fine. But then when you get into specific game plan, you, you can't look five weeks in advance. That that's a recipe for disaster,
2: in yeah, my opinion. Agree. Well, Vince, I think that's going to do it for us. That's the last question we're going to have because you need okay. to wrap us out of here and head on over to because you're going to be hosting tonight the Friday and right. Fire. So why don't you get right. us out of here, man. Send people so, over there. Hey, everybody.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here on another edition of the Friday Free For All Mailbag. Make sure that you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell.
2: Go ahead and give us a
1: five star review and share with your family and, and friends.
2: I am disappointed that none of y'all have commented on the new cards for the show. I know.
1: Put some effort into those, man. Those are sweet. I think they look awesome. Hey, Well, this is the, the Friday version of the big show right here is the Friday free-for-all right. mailbag. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Hey, hop on over. Hop on over to the, uh, the Friday Rapid Fire show. Jesse's waiting for me over there. I'm going to go hop in. We're going to have some fun. But uh, so thanks for joining us and hanging out with us for as long as you did. Really appreciate it. It's the best, best day of the week,
2: man. Best day of the week. It's Friday. So for Especially Brian, for today, you gotta watch football with me. You oh, have to record a practice video. And you have mm, it's been a good this day for is you, great. buddy. It's freaking
1: fantastic. I had a I steak in
2: between the shows. Oh,
1: see, I didn't eat lunch, so I'm starving. But that's a different conversation. So for Brian, I'm Vince, and thanks for joining us on another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast.